Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. We're here to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your knowledge, pump up your energy. Welcome to our 100th show on Parent Pump Radio. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our message. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and syndicated on missionsradio.org and oneideaaway.com. And you can always go to parentpumpradio.com for more information. This being our 100th show, I was thinking, who do I want to bring on as the guest for that? And Maurice Kempner has been our guest for two past shows, number 38 and number 55, all about building wealth, what mistakes we're making that prevents us from financial freedom. He also has talked about tax saving and the unlimited income of creating a family business. He is a successful businessman, investor, and attorney with over two decades experience in tax, business, real estate, and estate planning. And in his earlier days, he was a canine officer and a deputy sheriff for LA County. He really has a genuine love and a passion for creating a long-term relationship with his clients to educate them and really help them create this multi-generational wealth that we're talking about for families and that financial freedom. I think if you ask most people, they're not looking to be rich. They're looking really for that financial freedom so they can be with their family. And the one thing that Warren Buffett says, and Maurice is the one that taught me this, is if you are not making money while you're sleeping, you are going to be working to the day you die. And I know as a parent, I don't want to do that. And I don't think you want to do that. So Maurice is back here today with us to talk more about how you can create this multi-generational wealth. And you don't have to be part of the 3% wealthy to do this. We're talking about middle-class people that you can start creating passive income now. With no further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Maurice Kempner. Hi, Maurice. Hi, Jackie. Good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, I really appreciate you coming back on the show. This is the third time. I think you have been now our, the guest that has been on here the most. Well, I, I'm always happy to be on your show, and I appreciate you having me. Let's talk about this. You know, I think the, the norm, what we are taught as middle-class America is, one, to save your money and put it in your retirement as much as you can, your 401k, your IRA, your Roth, maybe work for the government. I know it's, that's a different plan for 57 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and also buy a house, pay extra payments on it so that you can build the equity. You want to build that equity and pay off that house as soon as possible and hope that when you retire, you have enough money in your account to last you until the day you die. And that's only for you. That's not even taking care of your children or your grandchildren. It's all just for you. 
Now, if you watch The Matrix and you are ready to take that blue pill, Maurice and I are going to open a whole new paradigm, a whole new matrix that you might not have known about, that Maurice actually has a program to help you right now change that mindset so that you can create income right now. And you don't have to get a new job if you have a job. Let's talk about this. Let's put money away for retirement plan. Well, so my family, they've had wealth for generations. And, and they always said to acquire assets that generate cash flow on a regular basis, do it as a family, and then move the wealth from generation to generation. Most of the middle class people I talk to uh, out here have been told by their parents and society that they should go to school, get good grades so they can go to a good college and have a good career and a good retirement. And then the kids repeat the process. When I first heard that, that was very strange to me. And, and what I was taught, it's just the culture of my family and a lot of families who have wealth. And this is no secret. There are many families who their parents tell them the same things I was taught. One of the things my parents also told me was be on the side of business that's lobbied for. So there's not a lot of lobbyists in our government. They're lobbying for people who put money into their 401k or their other retirement system. The lobbyists are there for all the Wall Street people who are taking your money and managing your 401k. They're the ones that get all the special rules and laws and everything in their favor. So let's take this uh, retirement scenario for a second and just look at it, keeping in mind what my parents told me. So when you go down and you open up a retirement account, a 401k or whatever it is, these wealthy people who own these stockbroker companies, they are now acquiring an asset that generates cash flow to them on a regular basis. doesn't matter whether you make money or not, they're always going to make money because they're charging fees on the account. So they're the wealthy people. They're the ones who have the most money. They're the ones who control these kind of companies. They're the ones that are lobbied for it. And they're doing exactly what my parents told me, gaining an asset that generates cash flow on a regular basis. You're putting all the money in. They're your business partner in this little arrangement. You're investing all the money and you're taking all the risk and they're getting regular consistent cash flow no matter what happens out of your money. And you might make money or you might not. Now, if I came to you and asked you to join me in some kind of a partnership like that, on those terms, you probably say you're crazy, but people don't even think about that when they go down and they open up a retirement account. That's a very good point. They are our business partner, and I would not go into business if someone came to me and gave me those scenarios, <laughs> the way we're doing business together. And there's billions and billions of dollars behind them in their sales effort to sell this uh, idea to you. I, I'm not saying it's the worst thing you can do. If you put your money in a pile in your driveway and set it on fire, I'd really want to talk to you about that. But you can do these kind of retirement accounts and a lot of times people will make money or they'll have money uh, there in their retirement. I'm just, it's not what I was taught and the scenarios that I uh, was taught, I think are much more productive. And they move from one generation to the next. These retirement accounts are set up to be used up during your retirement. They're not designed to create multi-generational wealth. Uh, in fact, when you get 70 and a half, they have required minimum distributions, most of them, where you're required to take money out over your expected lifetime because the government wants you to use the money up during your retirement. 
Listener, hold that thought. We're going to go to the other scenario and we're going to come back for obviously some choices that you can do. So let's go to, hey, let's pay off our house because we'll have more equity in it. Yeah. So equity, always keep this in mind about equity. This may sound counterintuitive, but it's absolutely true. If you don't believe me, just think it through. Equity does not make you any money. Equity is a loser. And the reason equity is a loser is because in the United States, the rate of inflation has been averaging around 3% a year for quite some time. So if you had $100,000 of equity anywhere, let's say your house, 10 years from now, it will be worth about 30% less than it is now. Now, if you paid off your house, let's say you bought a house for $200,000 and you lived in it, and the person across the street bought an identical house and they put only a few thousand dollars down at the end of the year or at the end of 10 years, let's say the appreciation on their home is going to be exactly the same as yours. It won't make any difference that your house house was paid for with cash or that you paid it off early. You both made the same amount of money in appreciation. The equity that's in your house though. Now, if you want to get it out, you've got to go to the bank and they will decide whether you can get it out. They will decide if you're credit worthy, they will decide whether they loan you the money or not. It's not liquid, you can't get it out. If on the other hand, instead of paying off your house, you had this money in a separate place, you would now have the house as an asset, plus you'd still have the cash. And in a way the house is paid off anyway, because if you had the cash to pay it off, instead of using it to pay it off, you just kept it. You could use it at any time to pay it off if you want. But hopefully you've taken that cash and it's working for you in some other way, like rental properties or, or some other kind of asset that's generating cash flow to you, enough to pay the mortgage payments on that property with money left over and it's appreciating in value as well. Now let's get into solutions. So let's go back to the first now. Well, first of all, if you work for a government agency, like you used to be in the sheriff department, don't they put a certain amount aside for you also? They, they add into it besides the money that you put in? Sometimes they do. So when I was a canine officer on a police department in the state of Utah, that was, uh, they didn't really have much on that department. The sheriff's department, they have these alternative 457 plans, they called it, and they'll put in up to 5%, whatever you put in as well. But when you run the numbers on just good, solid buy and hold real estate investments, they will beat that every time, in my opinion, even the, the part where they match it you still be better off just buying real estate. Now, if you buy real estate, instead of putting 15, 20 grand a year into your 401k or your 457, if you work for the government, in, let's say instead you use that money to put down payment on cash flowing real estate, you're gonna to start to collect income right now. In the retirement plan, you have to wait someday in the future to when you retire before you start collecting that or you turn 59 and a half or 55 if it's 457. Now, <clears throat> In addition to that, once you retire, let's say you retired 20 years ago. If you retired 20 years ago and you had a 401k, the money you had in that retirement account on that day at 3% inflation is now worth about 60% less than it was on the day you retired, which means during this last 20 years, you have to take out more and more money to pay the bills every year as inflation increases. And your account has to make profits enough to cover all the money you take out plus tax inflation and everything and it just doesn't do that so the account balance goes down and down and down and it turns into a race between whether you die first or you run out of money first 
you even see these uh, companies advertise on TV that scenario, how they're going to help you so you won't run out of money. Now, let's say you retired 20 years ago with real estate. Is the real estate worth more now than it was 20 years ago? Is our rents higher now than they were 20 years ago? And actually, you can raise rent to match inflation every year so that. So you got built in cost of living increases, and the account balance is going to be the value of your real estate and you know, your, all of that, which is increased. So your account balance is worth more now than it was 20 years ago because of appreciation and also because the renters are paying off those loans on so those that's properties. Amortization. Yeah, so you're getting that money plus appreciation. And then when you die, you leave a big paycheck to whoever your heirs are instead of just hoping you don't run out of money. We noticed the people who are wealthy, real estate holding, and that's either in a business or in properties, is part of their portfolio. That's what they do. They invest in real estate or business. And yet us regular people, we don't think of it that way. We don't think about investing in, in, in more than just our home. But a home is a really good example of how good real estate is because most Americans, most working class Americans, the majority of the wealth that they've ever attained in their whole lifetime came from owning their house. Absolutely. Now that ought to tell you everything you need to know right there. If you have other real estate that you own, like rental properties, for example, and they're paying your bills and cash flow and paying your mortgage and all that other stuff, those have gone up in value too, just like your home. So you told me a great scenario of one of your client who had a rental income. And I guess we can use this as equity if you have equity in your home too, right? But he had a rental income property that was worth was it 600,000 or 800,000 and you did something for him that was amazing well yeah so there's different scenarios so in one one scenario and we do this quite often in states like california for example where the rent to price ratio is very low so what that means is how much rent are you getting for the price you're paying for the property so if you got $10,000 of gross rent and a $100,000 property that would be a 10% rent to price ratio. And that's what we look for. If we don't see at least 10%, we're usually not interested in the property. If you have a $650,000 house in California, that means you'd have to get $65,000 a year in rent. That's not happening. So what we do is we do a tax-free exchange, which is allowed under the tax code, that rental property for a bunch of rental properties in other states where we do have that rent to price ratio that's higher, one of the ones we're doing right now, it'll go from around two or $3,000 plus or minus a year in cash flow to around forty-five to $50,000 a year in positive cash flow just by exchanging the property he has into properties in other states where the cash flow is higher. We do that all day and all night. The other scenario is where somebody has a house that they live in and they've Maybe they've been doing like you were talking about, paying it down, or they've lived in it a long time, and it's appreciated a lot. And they think, well, I'm going to take the money from that house, all that money, and I'm going to put it down on my new house that I want to move into so I have a smaller payment. So here's an example with one of our clients. He had about $800,000 from the sale of the house, and he wanted to buy a $1.1 million house. And... He was going to take that $800,000 and put it down on the $1.1 million house because his other house was virtually paid for by this time. 
and he wanted to move up to a bigger house. Now, by doing that, he has to adjust his his withholdings will be adjusted based on the mortgage and taxes he can deduct, right? Right. Now he's going to have a much smaller mortgage because he put a huge down payment down. So they're, they are going to take more out of his paycheck for taxes because his mortgage is smaller. And he has to take money out of his paycheck that he does get to pay for the smaller mortgage. It is a smaller mortgage and the taxes, utilities, food, clothing, and everything else. Now, what we did do is we showed him, well, you put it in these rental properties instead and put the very minimum down on the $1.1 million uh, property. And now what happened is the rental properties generated enough income to pay his mortgage, his taxes, his utilities, and all of his food and gas for his cars and everything else. Plus, since he had a really big mortgage on his house now, he, got a, he could adjust his withholdings at work to have a much bigger paycheck none of which he used to make any payments on his house. Plus the majority of the income that came in from the rental properties was tax free because real estate is one of the best tax shelters you can ever have. And in his case, the depreciation that he was receiving on the rental properties covered almost all of the positive cash flow he's getting on the rental properties. So for those of you who are more visual and that might've just kind of, gloss over your head. Maurice and I actually made a PowerPoint presentation. We have one that's a 10 minute one and one that's longer that gets more into depth, a 30 minute one that is going to be in the show notes. It's a wealth of information. We have it side by side so you can see the difference, what your savings and tax, what you're gaining in income, what your wealth accumulation is. Please check out that PowerPoint presentation that we walk you through so you can really be in this matrix and like we talked about and create wealth for you and your family continuously. And so now now this guy, he's he's got instead of a million dollars of real estate assets, he has $2 million appreciating. Right. Uh, and the tenants of the rental properties are paying off all of it. They're paying off his house and they're paying off all the rental properties. Just think about that for a minute. Yeah, and he doesn't have to worry about it running out, this cash running out, as if it was a retirement account. Like you were saying, you're not taking the money down slowly, slowly because the tenants are paying you and right. every year your loan gets smaller. So that means the money they're paying you for rent, you actually can keep more of. Yeah. And we're just scratching the surface here. I mean, there's so many other aspects of this. For example, the payment on the house is going to stay the same for the next 30 years, but the rental income is going to go up because rents go up with inflation. So he'll be making more and more money over time on the rental properties that he's using to make the house payment, which is just going to stay the same for the next 30 years. And then we're not even talking about the leverage part of, of it as he acquires more, more income property, he, what he can do with all that leverage. I know you have a program called the Legacy Program, and this is to help the regular people, right? The ones that don't have access to all of these people that can do the research on properties and then worry about managing it and rehabbing it and basically being the landlord. I know a lot of people hate being landlords. And so your program is this turnkey program that really 
is able to help people sleep at night. So can you tell us more about how this program can help us? Yeah, so we have what's called the Legacy Program. And if you're interested, uh, after the show, you know, just contact Jackie and she can get you signed up and squared away with it. Right now, as of the show, the fee is $997, so $1,000. We want people who want to be in our group for life. And then what we do, our goal is to teach you how to create multi-generational wealth in your family and to do it as a family. So, for example, my... 14-year-old daughter, she got her first rental property when she was 11. And that's the kind of thing you should be doing with your kids is teaching them about business and they should be business assets of your family. That's what our program shows you how to do. And we show you how to do it by actually going out there and helping you acquire property and becoming a landlord and, and flipping properties or whatever it is you want to do. So that's how the program works. That's what it is. We assist you with that all along. I, I don't believe that you can buy some coaching materials or get six months or a year of coaching and then go out and do whatever. And a lot of these other people, they'll charge you huge amounts of money from some of these flipping programs on TV. There's people who sell these kind of products. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're real expensive. They're kind of short-term oriented. Our program is uh, basically a thousand bucks and you're in it for life and we want you to be in it for life. And then our goal is to help you get to that point where you have freedom of time and place. And that's what my family always told me is the true measurement of wealth is freedom of time and place. And so we can take somebody that makes uh, about a hundred grand a year and instead of maxing out their 401k, if they do something like this, usually in around 10 to 15 years, we can equal their income if they're diligent with it. So it's not a, it's not a get rich quick program, but in not a long time compared to your whole lifetime, you can set yourself up to be financially uh, free enough to have freedom of time and place. And you can pass this on to your children who can then have the same thing. And then over time, it will build up in your family. Most importantly, you'll have the connections, the knowledge, and the skill that will build up in your family as a whole. And that's the most important thing to pass from generation to generation. That's why lottery winners, all the vast majority of them are professional sports players who, who come into a lot of money all at once. Most of them lose all of it within a short period of time after they have received it or they're not getting any more of it because they don't know what to do with it. You mentioned a good thing. A lot of these other programs, they just give you information so that you go out there and you find your own property and you do it yourself. Say I'm a teacher or I work for the post office or I have a regular job. I don't have time to go out there and look for a property and find if it's a good property. And especially if it's something out of state, because I know your program is more out of state because that's where you can get the higher return of investment. How do you alleviate that problem? Well, and the other issue is even if you did have time, and a good analogy to this is let's say you take a person and you put them through the police academy. They go to the police academy for six months. You don't just throw them out on the street by themselves and say, okay, go out and be a police officer. Now they go with a training officer for another six months who watches everything they do and goes over it all with them until they can do it on their own. That's the really important part you need, even if even if you have the time, you just need that. So that's what we're here for. We help you do these kinds of transactions forever. 
And the better you get, we're still there for you and help take you to the next level as long as we're in this relationship, which we hope will be for life. But we're out there all the time vetting wholesalers and, and vendors of these properties and looking at markets and talking to people and talking to contractors and property managers and doing deals and to, to help our clients to reduce risk, to make sure we're dealing with good people the best we can find. And that makes it better for people who, if, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be working now with people who do know and are going to be helping you and are going to be helping in the vetting out process and showing you how to do all this stuff yourself as well. So you get better and better at it. So after five years in our program, you should be a pretty experienced, savvy real estate person. Uh, be far ahead of where you're at now in that kind of knowledge. I get your auto email with the properties that are available. And what I love about it is you show us the property and then it breaks down how much it costs with mortgage, how much it costs without, if you're taking a loan, how much you're making, how much uh, it costs for property management. Every little thing is broken down to just so that we can see what we're getting and if we want to buy that property or not. Yeah. And then, and then you need to share the skill and experience with your whole family, the good times and the bad times. If you, if you have a job, <laughs> um, you can't, it doesn't go up in value. You can't sell it and your kids can't inherit it. And all the skills, training, experience, all the contacts and connections you make in your job, they just die with you. If you have a business and you do it together as a family, all those skill, all those connections, those contacts, all the things you've learned, you share that information. And then it moves from generation to generation. That's the Confucius thing. You know, teach a man how to fish and you feed him for life kind of thing. Your whole family learns how to be business people and how to take care of money and how to make money. That's the biggest inheritance you can give to your family. Because if you give them that, even if you didn't leave them any money or paychecks or rental properties, it wouldn't matter. They'd just be able to go out there and do it themselves. That's why if you take a wealthy person that's been wealthy a long time and knows business, whatever, you can bankrupt them, strip them of all their assets, throw them out on the street. But in a short period of time, they'll have money again. Knowledge, it's connections that they have, but it'll put them right back where they were. Yep. If Warren Buffett or Bill Gates ever lost all their money, you know people will be running to them, giving them their money to invest because they know they'll make their money back. <laughs> and they will make their money back in tenfold. <laughs> right, right. You, it's all about doing and being things, not having things. And you want to invest in yourself and your family in this knowledge, this skill, these connections. That's what makes you more valuable to each other as family members. It gives you common ground that you can all work together on, keeps the family closer because you're all united in the same cause and you're all helping each other. And everybody's an asset to everybody else instead of just everybody grows up and kids are kind of a liability financially I mean, you love them, but they're a liability financially instead of an asset. This is the most common scenario. And then they go to college if they're lucky and then they go off and they get some job and maybe they'll live by you. Maybe they won't. You make up all these excuses and reasons to visit with them um, like Christmas or whatever. What I'm proposing to you and the way I was raised is your family members are business assets as well as people you love and you have lots of reasons to spend time with them all the time because you're all working together on the same stuff and it keeps you closer. 
and it builds strength in your family and it moves it from generation to generation. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that you and I agree on is that your family is your business. And I think that's why I wrote my book is on family leadership, uh, how family is very similar to a business. And if you run it the same way, the successful business have the same concept uh, as a successful family. Right. By family, we mean it, that can mean a lot of things. Uh, family is just the people you love the most and that you're closest to. Doesn't yes. Mom, dad, and kids, although that's the most common scenario. Some people aren't even married. Uh, and there's all kinds of situations out there. And it's just the people you love and care about the most and the people you want to leave your things to. That's your family. That's what gets you up in the morning. And for, for most people is the things they love and the people they love. And this gives you the freedom of time and place to work with those people on those things and move it from generation to generation. So we're asking you today to take a look at your beliefs, where it came from. Is it working for you now and for your family? And is it going to work for you when you retire or when you want to retire? Maybe someone wants to retire before they're 65, right, Maurice? And take a look at what the wealthy are doing. Take a look at what Maurice is saying. He comes from that place where it's a different mindset. And contact Maurice, contact myself. Uh, we both know about this program and take a look at the PowerPoint presentation, the link, so that you can really, really take time to absorb what Maurice is saying about the benefit of what you're doing now and what he's proposing. And you can go to his website at www.truelegacywealth.com. That's truelegacywealth.com. It's also in the show notes and all the contact information. Maurice is there. You can always go to my website, integrativeminds.com. That's integrativeminds.com. And I also have a link for the Legacy Program to tell you more about it. Thank you, listeners. And as always, thank you, Maurice, for coming back and sharing us your wonderful knowledge. Thank you, Jackie. And by the way, that link that you she's mentioning, that's just one little scenario of many. So it's just a, a, an example of one thing you could do in a certain situation. Yeah, and like you said, every, every situation is unique. Every single person is custom, and you can call and get a free consultation. Okay, well, listeners, thank you so much for being here at our 100th show. Until next time, always be learning, always be growing, and see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And while you're at our website, sign up to receive a free gift. Until next time, have a wonderful week.